Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 155, and it's titled, How to Make Her Really Want You with Christopher Lovestone, Ravishment, Consent, and Desires. Okay, we're going to, this, this is kind of, I think this show is going to be a very deep dive, uh, although who knows, I could be so wrong. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know Christopher Lovestone, of course, we will read his bio and, and officially introduce him in a minute, but he did write a book called Conscious Cock, and the reason why I'm bringing that up now is because that term actually gets thrown around a lot, at least it does in the circles that we travel. We hear the, the phrase conscious cock all the time, but the question really is, what does that really mean? Okay, and that's what we're really going to dive into in this episode. And that's where those words, ravishment, consent, desires, those all factor into that idea of being a conscious cock. So I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation because I know there's going to be a lot of synergy here. And uh, we'll see where it goes. And today's episode is geared toward the heterosexual men of our audience. But if you are a woman, you might still gain some valuable information to share with you men. So uh, stay tuned. Before we introduce our guests, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections and last longer or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. Today on the show, we have Christopher Lovestone. He is called the Einstein of relationships. Christopher Lovestone is an ingenious certified sex educator who is breaking new ground in sex education for men and couples. After surviving six divorces during his childhood, he went on to rewrite the rules of the relationship game so that people can actually win. Through state-of-the-art communication tools, cutting-edge sex and intimacy education, and innovative relational strategies, he empowers people to exit relationship exhaustion and cultivate the intimacy of their dreams with their partners. All right. Welcome to the show, Chris. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so glad to have this conversation about what is conscious cock? <laughs> you know, it might be a common topic in our circles, but a lot of people are shocked the first time they hear that phrase. They've never heard it before. Maybe they take a little bit of offense to the word cock, but it's kind of like, wait, wait, cock, that's different. Isn't that a bad word? And then consciousness, isn't that a good word? You know, it, it, it's an, it opens a segue to a conversation, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. It, does. it is actually an interesting word choice because I think most people... You know, if, if you want to call it in sort of the default world, they would use penis most likely or dick or something like that. Then you get into the spiritual circles where it's all lingam and wand of light and all of this. And, and, and cock sits somewhere in between <laughs> both of those. <laughs> you know, you'll hear it used in, in porn maybe, but, but other than that, it's just it's in this kind of middle zone. People aren't sure what to do with that word. You know, it's not spiritual enough, but it's not, it's too, I don't know, something or other. So yeah, it's a very interesting choice of words. It's provocative and it will definitely make people think. Definitely. And, you know, by having this conversation, we get to reclaim that this liminal, ambiguous zone of well, how do we refer to our genitals? It's either a derogatory thing. Oh, you're such a pussy. Oh, he's such a dick. 
And those things make me cringe. They make my skin crawl. You know, ah, no, don't call somebody a pussy or a dick. It, it, it's really offensive to our genitals, which is the source of life. You know, you could say that's sacred. But what do we use in common ling lingo? Medical terminology, phallus and penis. Oh, please put your penis in me now. I'm so hot. It doesn't work. You know, <laughs> you know right. so cock. Let's 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 reclaim cock. Cock also means rooster. That's the source of the term. You know, the male chicken has beautiful plumage. He's really a strong masculine archetypal energy. Uh, he looks after the flock. He's got a really clear voice, man. You can hear a rooster crow for a mile away. Now, those can be really positive qualities if you think about them metaphorically. Yeah. So I, I think cock is a really useful word and I want to de-trigger it. Absolutely. So my plumage is nicely trimmed. So, you know. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I love that you're, you're saying that because there has been uh, for years now with the movement that uh, Mama Jean is doing, there's been a big reclamation of, and that's actually the title of her book, of the word pussy. So on the female side, they're reclaiming that word. And on the male side, we're reclaiming cock. So that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So enough about that. <laughs> See, we're off script right from the start. <laughs> Let's just dive right into the questions because I think these are going to have tremendous value because, yeah, okay, great. Let's reclaim the word. That's awesome. That's empowering for men. And there's so much more to it than just that. So in the sort of subtitle to this episode, I threw out the words ravishment, consent, and desires. And I think these are going to be some big key pieces to what it means to being a conscious cock. And so the first question dives right in and says, you know, what does the art of ravishment mean? Because ravishment, this is another word that probably people have very different ideas of what that means. So, so yeah, just explain to us what that means and how that relates to being a conscious cock. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Thank you for asking. What is ravishment? What is it to ravish? Now, there's different uses of the term. I could say, Celine, you look ravishing today. We've heard that in common use, right? A woman can look ravishing. It means she looks beautiful, stunning, like attractive, etc. But then hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, back in Rome, the source of the word ravish in, in Latin uh, is, is linked to rape and theft. And so, so literally it meant to run off with somebody's woman and women were property back then, right? So ravish is linked to this term of rape. So, and in common lingo, we can talk about ravishment being something like a fantasy about being taken forcefully in common modern world lingo in North American culture. You could call that a rape fantasy, but I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say it's a rape fantasy, but to be taken with power and conviction and confidence to really feel somebody's desire for you. But today, a lot of men, heterosexual guys, uh, after hashtag me too, and 80 years of feminism, they, they feel kind of paralyzed that their masculinity has been demonized and they've been put into kind of a box uh, between a rock and a hard place. They're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. So they don't do anything. They, they don't bring their sexual power and desires out and put them on the table a lot of the time. They go into this nice guy syndrome. So the art of ravishment is about decoding this minefield of the modern Me Too world that we live in. And this common fantasy that a lot of women have where they want to be taken powerfully by somebody that they trust, that they can relax to and really feel his conviction and desire for her. But it's a minefield in the modern world. And a lot of guys are like, I'm not going to go into those treacherous waters without a map. <laughs> so this is about creating that roadmap. You know, a lot of women 
they want that. And at the same time, they don't always leave room for the man. They will try to overpower him over and over. And it takes for the guy to really like step in and be like, this is it. This is how we're going to do that. Because I think women nowadays, we've been told we can have it all. We can be the man and wear the pants and we don't need a man. And then it's like, I can have my vibrator and have my orgasms and have everything. So it's like, hey, why do I need you for? But what I'm seeing is actually a lot of women long for that. And they're not always giving themselves permission to want that because they're like, but if I want that, it's going to make me like a 50 housewife. And we fought to get out of all of this. And now that I want want a man to want me so badly and and I want this power dynamic and playfulness and I want to be desired so much but that, that does that make me then that less than women you know um, and so I really see from the women's perspective how there's also this issue where there's this internal conflict within the woman mm. you know I was just listening to another sex edu- educator on a podcast and, and and they said, you know, your vibrator is never going to cuddle you. <laughs> you know, like it's a machine, right? So anyway, so like there's this term in the kink community called a switch. Somebody who can switch between being dominant one day and being submissive the next. And, that, you know, we could say that that's useful in a regular old modern day relationship. Some days you want to be in the driver's seat. But other days you don't want to be in the driver's seat. You want to be the, it's nice to take turns when you're making love, right? Isn't that one of the most beautiful things is taking turns. So yeah, in this world that we have today of so many empowered women with their own financial income and uh, legal rights that are on par with men in most circles in North America, uh, it can be hard to downshift into acknowledging that, yeah, it's, I really just want to be taken, but it's okay. It's empowering to be able to express our desires. And it's empowering to be able to play both sides of the coin. It's empowering for me to be able to be powerful sometimes. And it's empowering for me to be able to relax and just be taken sometimes by my partner. So full spectrum is amazing to have all the tools in the toolkit available at our disposal, rather than always acting in this one narrow bandwidth of our relationship. Yeah, and this this is an area. So now we're we're speaking a little bit more about the the women, but this is an area where I see a lot of women struggle today which is they can be one or the other, but they struggle to be both. So they're either the submissive feminine or they're the hard-ass, get-shit-done businesswoman. And one of the big things we see when, when uh, coaching couples is that when a couple comes in like that, maybe she's got the bigger job title, she's making more money, she's yeah. the one doing that. When they come home, she can't turn that off. And she's stuck in that and she's barking out orders all day long. And so, you know, for, for women, the true art, if we want to call it conscious pussy instead of conscious cock, I think the, the true art for women is, is learning how to be both and how to fluidly switch back and forth when it's appropriate. That's, that's a bit of an aside. <laughs> so why would a man want to learn how to ravish his women then? <laughs> it's the number one most common fantasy from heterosexual women that I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm above threesomes, above anal sex, above anything else is like being taken forcefully, but in a landscape of trust Mm -hmm. where she can really take off the armor that maybe she's got 
inside her, her, her belly, her abdomen. A lot of times we feel a lot of tension in our belly. We kind of like are restricted, you know, like, so there's armoring that we have down there, but then like your emotional armoring and stuff like that, but to really open up and really relax into the full hell. Yes. Of somebody throwing you up against the wall, for example, and kissing you powerfully and taking your breath away and just bringing you to the edge of like, Oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever. Like so many people want that. So many women want that. And so many guys just don't know how to get there because they're afraid it's going to cause problems in their relationship, or they're going to get called a uh, misogynist or male supremacist or something along those lines. So I completely agree with you. I'll also add that I think the number one fantasy for men is threesome that you threw out for women. It's ravagement, <laughs> uh-huh. but, but um, so, so that's a compelling reason. And my follow-up question to that is this is, what might men see shift in their relationship if they were able to actually do that? Well, it's a redefinition of our version of ourselves. I'll say, because I, I grew up in nice guy syndrome and I had to deconstruct myself in order to find my power because I'd been trained by all the women in my life that that power was bad. That's, that's where the jerks come from. That's where the dicks are, air quote. <laughs> you know, he's such a dick, right? He's just a chauvinist. He's just a pig. He's just a macho guy, machismo, you know, all that stuff. I'd just been all this programming years and years and years put on my shoulders that I'd internalized. So how can I bring out my sexual power when I've been taught to, to be the caring, loving, supportive guy all the time? Um, so the, the real nuggets here for me have been uh, that my power is wanted and that there is a pathway for me to express that. So I'm fully expressed instead of only partially expressed, right? I have access to the full range and spectrum of my power from the sensitive, caring, supportive, empathic guy, all the way to the guy who's really clear, really confident, has a hell of a strong foundation that I've built through years of of practice with my partner where I can put my desires on the table and take them, right? Like that ability to be fully expressed has, has made me a better human being, better father, better partner, better person in the world to the people I do business with. So what kind of skill would a man need to learn in order to do that? <laughs> well, the subtitle for this episode is consent. It contains the word consent. And that's my gateway teaching. When I'm going to teach somebody the art of ravishment, I'm not, I'm not teaching them a sexual technique out of the gate. No, the first thing is you got to understand the landscape of our desires and what we say yes to and what we say no to in our hearts or in our guts. And then clarity about who's giving and who's receiving. Because if it's murky and you're not sure if you're the one who's giving or you're the one who's receiving or who's it for, like, it's really hard to navigate that kind of treacherous minefield. But if you can be very clear upfront uh, about what you want to do and put that on the table with your partner and establish some sort of a playground that you both agree on, a safe space, a safe playground, a realm to plan, then you can actually relax into that. If you just focus on building trust by understanding consent, then anything's possible. You, you can go into kinky fantasies if you want to, you know, because you've built trust and you've got a safe playground. And inevitably, if you continue building trust, then what happens organically is that you both want to expand the playground to include more things, more activities, more fantasies, so, more bucket list items. How do you go? And, and this is literally a question I got from a client of mine, and I'm curious to have your take on it since it's okay. really rela- related to what you're talking about. Uh, but how do you go from like, you're on the couch, 
right? And you're either watching TV or something to basically uh, having hot sex, you know, especially when you've been in a relationship for a while or like, um, or like, how do you translate that phase from like, I have all these kinky ideas in my head, but then verbalizing this, you know, it's like, how do I even tell her I want to try anal? Like, oh my gosh, you know? So I'm curious right. about your take on it, Chris. <laughs> I, I would say that to do that in one, one, um, setting one inning one scene is probably unrealistic i would say like if what that if you're acknowledging that you have that desire in yourself then that's something that's going to take a, a little time to manifest in your life it's going to take some investment of some communication and and uh, uh well just that communication investment with your partner over time it doesn't just happen like a, a light switch he's not a switch to just be turned on um but if you uh learn how to bring up the ideas that you want to do in your life, these sexual bucket list items that you'd like to do with your partner or an aspect about yourself that you'd like to uh, lean into expressing in your life uh, and then solicit and elicit from them. How does that land for them? Is there any part of that that they're a yes to? And then co-create uh, the conversation about how you can create a beautiful experience together in safety. Then, you know, you do a few of those conversations or you make that a practice in your relationship to have those kind of conversations regularly. And then it becomes easy or easier and then eventually easy where then you can be on the couch and you, maybe you had a few sext messages, you know, like a send her a hot photograph or a poem that was erotic or told her you wanted her or she texts you and says, Oh, I forgot my panties today. So you've been <laughs> thinking about her pussy all day long. You know, like you learn how to like kindle the fire, even when you're not together. And then when you're on the couch or like the moment you walk in the door, you've done the prep work, set the stage. And then like, ah, oh, the fire can take off. Yeah. I, I love that answer because that's exactly how we answer that question too. And you know, I, every once in a while, I feel like I just have to say this to the audience, which is we don't choose the guests that come on this show because they agree with us. We choose guests because we think that they have something valuable to share with you, the listeners. And the reason I bring that up is because when we have somebody on, like, I didn't know he was going to answer the question like that. I didn't know he was going to agree with what we teach when we, when we teach constant state of arousal, which if you, if you've listened to the show, you've heard a thousand times. Um, but the reason it's important to bring that up is because I always want the listeners to know that like, we don't put ourselves up here as we invented this amazing thing. Like, I'm not saying we created all these ideas. I want people to know that these are universal truths and that there are lots of other people out there that are teaching the same thing. And it doesn't matter if you get it from us, you get it from somebody else. These are universal truths about what it means to be humans in physical bodies and be males and females and how that dynamic works. And so I just, I, I want really the audience to get that, like, get that this is how it really works. So yeah, they're looking for, when they ask you know, a question like that to Celine, they're actually looking for, what's the quick technique I can do to get her from 0% interested to, yes, ravish me now? And we're like, that's not even really possible, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hence your answer, which is you got to build it up over time. And then eventually, once you've done that, you can go there. Great answer. So I'm curious about who does a man have to become in order to step into his conscious cock? Well, he, he's, he's just going to be himself, but he's going to allow himself to express parts of himself that maybe have been repressed, oppressed, and suppressed in his life so far. 
or for a while, maybe since an experience, maybe his lover died, maybe he's a widow, widower, you know, who knows, but, um, that it's, it's really bringing out who is his true authentic inner self. Okay. A, a lot of couples, the woman will come to me and say, I can't feel my partner. Where is he? I don't know where he is. It's like, he's this wishy-washy, impermanent, breezy thing. She doesn't know where he stands. And a lot of, you, you know, the cliche thing in movies, she'll pick a fight. Why did she pick the fight? Because she's not feeling anything because she, cause he's just yes to everything and endlessly supportive, or maybe he's on the couch watching television all the time. But, um, so what, what I believe is that, that in long-term relationship, the woman really wants to know her man. I'm going to use it, that common lingo, that possessive, you know, who are you? Not a mask that you're wearing, not a role that you're playing or a facade that you're presenting, but really deep down, like if she's in a long-term relationship with you, she probably wants to know who you really are. So, you know, it's about bringing that out. You know, that's going to be a different expression for everybody. There's some people who are non-binary that have penises. Their expression is going to be a very different thing than somebody who's very macho who comes maybe from the Marines and football background. Um, but bringing out your honest, authentic, true sexual nature and power, your interests. So it takes being able to be honest with myself as a guy about what are my turn-ons? What are my fantasies? Because so many of us are so shut down that we can't even acknowledge that we have them in the first place. Maybe religion, Roman Catholicism, or, or some other religion has, like, has, has told us that just having those fantasies is bad. So we've dissociated from them. So I have a follow-up question to that one, too. So I, I love that answer, which is just bringing out who they are and sort of unleashing the repressed parts. But what if a guy goes deep down inside and finds out that he's really not that guy that wants to step up and ravish, and that's just not who he is in his nature? I mean, what, what does a guy like that do? Communicate that information within the context of maybe a script or a protocol or a safe conversation container with some support so that they, they have the best chance of that information being received with empathy, caring, and respect. Because that's a very sensitive thing to mine that information. If I'm that guy, if I'm that person that you're talking about, and I look inside myself, I'm like, really, I don't, I'm, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to throw you up against the wall. I'm not interested. I did the self-investigation work and it's not there for me. Can we talk about other ways that we could get that need fulfilled for you? Maybe I could be a support in that for you, but it's not me. I don't want that pressure. Can we please take that pressure off my shoulders? It's making me feel not good enough. And I don't want to be not good enough. I want to be loved for who I am. So, you know, crafting the container to have a vulnerable conversation like that or multiple conversations to get to the heart of it like that. Uh, and then asking a question of like, well, how could we get that need met for you? Or how could I support you in getting that need met for yourself? Yeah, that that's great. You know, I mean, I would say that most of the men that we see generally just need to bring out that part of who they are. But we do occasionally run into some that are just like, well, that's just not who I am. So I'm, I'm glad you were able to address that because I know there's definitely some people out there who are like, that's just not me. Okay. I just want to interject. I, you know, I met a guy, uh, last year at a Tantra festival and he was like that. And he said how he got it to work for his relationship with his wife is that one week a year they built into their relationship that they both had a week off from their relationship and that they both got to go anywhere and do anything in the world that they wanted to do 
no questions asked. So you could call that a hall pass. Anybody who's familiar with like lifestyle or swinging stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hall pass is where you, you get to go have sex or play or, or flirt or make out or hook up with somebody with the blessing of your partner, right? So for them, that worked. That gave her the option to go do what she wanted to do for a week, wherever. And she got to feed that part of herself that needed to be fed at, at least once a year. Anyway, so there's different innovative ways that people can handle these things. But again, it comes down to communication. And I think that's really the basic of everything. It's that ability, number one, is self-awareness, knowing what you want, who you are. And number two, it's speaking it out loud because nobody can read your mind. uh, And you've got to ask for what you want and need. And then you become creative in finding win-win-wins for everybody. That's the new paradigm. That's not about there's one winner and one loser. Is that how can we make this scenario a win-win for everyone involved? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Everyone wins. Let's find that way. The sweet spot. Exactly. So we're going to do a little break for our sponsors. And we have an ad today that's brought to you by Kevin and I. If you are a committed couple who is stuck in a rut and just going through the daily motions instead of connecting the way you used to, and you're tired of stale mechanical sex that lacks spontaneity and fun, and you don't want to live a life of average, then we would like to invite you to join a highly sexed power couple platinum program. If you give us 90 days, we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. We'll also help you how to communicate and have those difficult conversations. We'll give you the whole formula or you can read Conscious Cock too if you want the formula. It's in there too. Anyway, mm-hmm. to learn more about our program, go to CelineRemy.com forward slash passion and you'll find all about it. All right, so let's dive back into the questions. As I'm looking at them, we've kind of covered some of the next few, but I want to dive a little deeper. Our next question really was, how does consent fit into all this? And I know you mentioned consent, but I think maybe it would be valuable to just have a little bit deeper discussion on consent. Like, what does that really mean? How do we actually get it? Like, you know, it's a huge conversation today, so I don't want to take the whole rest of the podcast, but I do want to give people a good solid chunk of consent. Sure. Thank you for asking. I'm a consent educator. And uh, my like entry level 101 um, introduction to consent is as a self-empowerment practice. A lot of guys will hear the word consent, typical locker room guys, like sports team guys will hear the word consent and they think, oh, feminist, some, some woman who leads you along, gets you all hot and then leaves you high and dry and won't have sex with you. Like they, they think consent's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's one of the most empowering things you can do in your life is to find inside yourself when you're a no to an invitation or a concept or an event or a person uh, and then be able to communicate that no. Because a lot of us have just been brought up to say yes to everything. There's even a spiritual practice of I'll say yes to everything. Oh, the universe. I'm going to say yes to everything. And I call bullshit. No, 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 no. The self-empowerment is to be able to say no to the things that you don't want or the no, a no to the things that are murky and you're not sure about. And if you only say yes to the things that you're an authentic hell yes to, then you actually, decision by decision, start building a life that you really love. But a lot of people aren't in safe spaces. A lot of people are in relationships that are abusive, traumatic, or they come from a background of oppression. So this can be absolutely revolutionary and in some cases impossible. 
You know, some people need help. They can't, it's not safe for them to say no. So I'm not saying to, to do it if, you, if you're not in a safe place to do it. But if you are in a safe relationship and a safe community and you can, you can begin to do this. When, when mom offers you that like huge scoop full of mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving and you really don't want it, I invite you to actually say no, mom, and put your hand over your plate and say no. I really don't want it. Like, like you can start small and build up, but if you do this as a, as a practice in your life, your life becomes a more authentic fit for you. And then as you practice it in your relationships with sex and fantasies, then you start showing your partner who you really are. And if you're both doing it, then you get to be in this relationship of true people in relationship with each other rather than two puppets or two actors in relationship with each other. So when you were saying the word consent, one of the things that popped into my mind was the space that some guys get stuck in sometimes where they're like, can I touch your arm? Can I touch your shoulder? May I touch this? Um, where they take consent to such a level that it's a massive turn off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I kind of wanted to make a distinction because also the way you brought consent was not just about asking about how to touch her, but a lot about also asking for what you want, like consent about experiences that you experience, that you co-create together. So it's not just about what you do on another, it's also how you experience life. Um, I'm curious about like how do you share your desires with her how do you ask for what you really want if you've gotten to that place and you're starting to get some clarity but you might feel that there's something holding you back or that she might say no or she might not love you anymore like what are some maybe you have some first step for our listeners okay if you want to talk about actual sexual fantasies And kind of like de-triggering that conversation about bringing up things that are raw inside of you that are scary. Oh, what if I really bring up that thing that I think is too kinky to bring up? You know, what if they judge me negatively and want to leave me because they think I'm a dirty old man? You know, it's useful to do something like an exercise or a worksheet, literally. Like do some homework. It's, it's, it can be really fun. Uh, like in, in a yes, no, maybe worksheet. There's one in the book right there. It's a list of sexual activities, fantasies, common ones that people might like to do in their life. They might not. And you just check, yes. I'd like to do that in my life. No, I wouldn't. Or maybe I would if certain needs were met. And if you both do that and share the worksheet, then you can find overlaps where there might be a certain sexual activity or erotic activity that you're both a yes to. And you're like, oh, then you have a list. You have a, ro you have, you have a list, a menu, <laughs> a menu of sexual activities that you could choose to do on date night this week. Um, so, you know, that can help make the conversation easier. Um, but you also talked about consent and like checking in too often. And how checking in too often can be a turnoff. It totally can be a turnoff. That's where it's really good to, to, to ask a question like, do you want me to check in at every step of the way or whenever I feel nervous? Or do you want me to relax and to trust that everything we do, we, we've discussed ahead of time and we're going to stay within the boundaries of that playground and not check in with you and trust that if I do something or if something doesn't feel good to you, if I do something that doesn't feel good to you, that you're going to tell me and that's vulnerable. If, you, if you're telling me, I don't want you to check in all the time, and I'm saying, okay, well, I'm trusting you that you're going to speak up for yourself. And if you don't, then that puts us in a really bad position. Anyway, so there's two different ways to go about consent right there. Check in all the time or often, or say, no, I, I feel safe within the container of what we've discussed. Don't bother checking in. I'll speak up for myself. You know? So if you've got that trust, then you can relax into that. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm often amazed when we talk with couples. I mean, and sometimes they're couples, they've been together 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, they got two kids, whatever it is. And there's so much they don't know about each other. And it just blows my mind sometimes. I'm like, you didn't have that conversation like the first week you were dating? Really? Like you don't even know, you've been married for 10 years and you don't even know what your partner's sexual fantasies are? Like it's it's crazy to me. So yeah, absolutely. Just you got to have those conversations. And if it takes a worksheet to get you to have that conversation, then do the worksheet. But you should know all of that stuff. You should absolutely know all of that stuff about your significant other. And they're not set in stone, by the way. I yeah. think it's something we love to readjust or every year we revisit, revisit things too, especially on our anniversary. We're like, hey, are you still happy with how our relationship is going? What have you loved this year? Is there something that we're doing that you would like us to change that you know like having this curious mind we have our weekly dates where we often check in and that's also some of the parts where we speak out we're like wow we really haven't been having as much sex as we usually do like how can we course correct that you don't just wait 10 years and then work with us to be like oh we haven't had sex in 10 years like wow that was a long time to start to speak up (laughs) it's a lot to reverse (laughs) okay you know uh some some beloveds um, shared with me this concept of engagement, not as a period before your wedding. Most people think, oh, okay, you get engaged. And then when you have your wedding, now you're married, but you're not engaged anymore. And they said, let's flip that. Let's investigate that word engagement. What if you stay actively engaged for your entire life? You never stop being actively, never stop being an active dance partner with each other. And if one person's changing because we always change, like then the other person can adapt. They can lean in, they can lean out, et cetera. So let's never let the engagement end (laughs) when we get married. Let's stay engaged. Yes. That's awesome. Absolutely. Always in the beginner's mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we've got a couple more questions and we're getting pretty close to the end. So I want to just jump right in and see if we can get as many of them answered as possible. Uh, Next is what's the number one mistake you see men make? That's a big question. <laughs> you want to narrow that down a little bit? <laughs> well, so we're, we're talking about um, being a conscious cock, the art of ravishment, okay. consent, desire, that sort of stuff. There's usually somewhere a common stumbling point that a lot of men, like it's a trap they fall into or a mistake that they make that hinders them from developing this. Yeah. Okay, sure. Well, you know, I would say honestly that they don't learn enough about the menstrual cycle. Mm. That might not be what you, you think I might say, but honestly, like that is a huge stumbling block. Guys don't learn about it. They're like, Oh no, that's women's women's stuff. You know, I, I don't want to learn about that. I don't want to learn about pads and tampons and, and hormone cycles. I don't want to, you know, but then they get like bewildered when one day she's like, <sighs> sad or one day she's like emotional or, or or like one day she's picking a fight and like they don't understand and so like it literally is a huge relationship pitfall for a straight guy in a relationship with a woman who's in her years of her you know premenopausal between let's say 13 and 50 or something like that um to not understand the cycle to not under so guys get a period tracking app find the date when your woman starts to bleed stick it in the app and start reading the damn pop-ups when they come up on your phone <laughs> learn about this stuff not to be a jerk but to understand what her biology and physiology are experiencing then you can be a better ally to her as she's going through body changes 
and now I guarantee as a guy, you want her to be an ally to you as you go through body changes in your life. You know, as I age, maybe I get an injury as I go through my body changes. I want her to show up for me if I'm sick one day or one year, you know, whatever it is, like we want to be allies to each other. So guys will be like, Oh yeah, I'm so good in the sack. I know everything about women, but they haven't learned very much about the menstrual cycle. That's, that's a great answer. You're right. I was not expecting that answer at all, but it is actually a great one. And yes, I do have that on here. I know everything because she tracks it all there and it syncs with my phone. <laughs> I can look at it anytime I want. <laughs> oh, I love that it syncs with your phone. What's the name of that app? Please to share. What is, um, what is it? We use the app called Kindara. I haven't tried that one. Okay, Kindara shares it. That's awesome. Thank you. That's a real gold nugget right there. Uh, Yeah, well, it's it's also because she tracks her cycle with her temperature. So she has a Bluetooth thermometer that syncs with her phone and she can put all the data in there. And then I have the app and I can log in and see all that data right in there. So Kindara, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big share to anybody who's listening to this. Like it's really, it it can really be an empowering thing for your relationship. (laughs) Absolutely. I think, well, for us, it was easier because I've never been on birth control, uh, like pills and stuff like this. My birth control has been to track my temperature and and uh, know my body. And so when Kevin and I got together, uh, first he was like, okay. And it was to show him how he could trust the process and the method. And we had a lot of good discussions. And also it forces you to have those discussions. And I know you talk about that in Conscious Cock around the pregnancies and what happens if there's a scare, how do you protect yourself and understanding to like, oh, maybe we will abstain from sex those three days because really you're not fertile the entire cycle. So it's fascinating. And I think you're right when a guy thinks he knows it all about women, but he doesn't understand that piece. It's a huge missing piece. But also a lot of women don't understand themselves. And so having a man who's willing to help you through that or see the pattern, Kevin was really big at that. He's like, haven't you noticed that this comes back about every month around this? And you're like, Oh, yeah, it kind of is. So now we kind of know. And we're like, yeah, you know, this is that, uh, there's those few days where everything, I'm I'm taking really everything personal, you know? Or like these are the few days where I'm in my masculine, I'm going to get you done, I'm going to do you, you know? And it's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's when to schedule a date for is those days. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For us, that really was working and still does in both directions. Whereas it makes me more conscious of where you're at. And mm-hmm. how you're feeling. And at the same time, because I'm not in the emotion of it, I'm not in the hormonal emotional stew, <laughs> I can see things a little bit more clearly. And then I can point out to you, hey, have you noticed that in this this phase of your cycle every month, here's a, a thing that happens. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> so, so we actually use are. it both ways. Yeah, but it's a tool to move from being bewildered and caught off guard and constantly uh, dealing with things to to be able to be proactive and then work with it in a positive way. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's revolutionary and it's so simple, <laughs> right? So, so thank you for asking that question. <laughs> so what advice do you have, Chris, for men to get started right now? So if they've listened, I mean, you've already given them a lot of different things, but is there like a one step right now? If they want to step into their conscious cock, like what should they do right now? I would encourage them to ask themselves a question. What do they really enjoy? in their life. It doesn't have to be sex, but like ask myself, I'm going to ask myself, what do I really enjoy? 
And what am I not doing that I really enjoy in my life? How am I shut down? How am I not following my dreams and my passions and those little things that I always wanted to do in my life? Right? How have I cut off these beautiful parts of my being uh, because life, COVID, relationship, finances, stuff like that. And, and then to, to allow themselves to accept that that is real inside of them. That's the first step, acknowledging what is real inside of us. And then maybe choosing to, to go put some foundation stones under that in their life. Me, I like to fly. Okay. Paragliding, hang gliding, sailplanes, Cessnas, you know, I, I just love flight, you know, but I haven't done it in a while. Why am I not feeding this passion of mine? Right? Like if I want to be able to show up in my relationship, she really wants me to be fully realized, to be f- passionate about stuff in life, not just wishy-washy and not doing anything for myself. So step number one is like doing something for yourself, not just doing everything for everybody else, like actually having some passion and being able to tap into it and accept it. Yeah. That's interesting you bring that up. So, you know, I mean, I have a lot of different hobbies, one of which is I've been a pretty hardcore rock climber for 20 years. And in the last year and a half, I really haven't been doing much climbing. Um, when the gyms put their mask mandates in, I tried to go and climb with mask mandates. I couldn't breathe. I was out of breath. I was struggling. I just like, I can't do this. And they closed all the national forests and it just, this stuff was crazy. So I just haven't climbed mostly since then. So this weekend we actually were out, uh, in the forest, uh, climbing on real rock. And the reason I bring this up is because, you know, I was just happy to be out there just doing my thing. And Celine actually commented, she noticed a shift in me just by being out there. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't notice it. I wasn't doing anything different. I was just like, ah, finally, we're back out climbing. And she even said like right out there, she's like, wow. Well, it was funny because we usually do some check-in at the end of the day. What are you grateful for? Or what was your favorite thing about the day or the weekend? So since we had a drive in the car, I was like, hey, what was your favorite thing? And then I, and I said, my favorite thing was just to see you out there. You're just like fitting so well in there. It was just amazing <laughs> to witness him. So yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And it's that idea of, of, you know, as a guy, when you're out doing the things that stir passion in you, that's going to translate over into your relationship for sure. So we've got our very last uh, juicy question. And I love this question. (laughs) We ask all of our guests, tell us what is your best sexual talent? My best sexual talent. I have 10 of them. (laughs) 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 Okay. I learned, uh, I went to, um, I I actually grew up and my mother, my grandmother massaged me when I was a child to help me relax when she was putting me to bed. You know, when I was a little five-year-old, you think about relaxing them, giving them a little massage. And I, I, I grew up learning massage as being a receiver. And then as an adult, I went to massage therapy school and studied for a thousand hours and practiced for years uh, in private practice. So I really learned how to touch. I learned the, the ability to listen to tissue and uh, have it guide me and, and, and have a co-created dance with a body. Uh, so as I've gone into sex education over the last decade, I've brought that to how do you touch a vulva? How do you touch the yoni? How do you touch the G spot? How do you touch the cervix, the, the A spot, all these different areas? Like there's so much you can do with your hands. And I've really learned, wow, my hands are amazing. <laughs> I can do so much with my hands and my hands can go for hours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they, don't they can do all soon. these different strokes and rhythms and speeds and I can take breaks and I, I can escalate and then come back down. I can make entire orchestras with my hands, my fingers. 
Well, you know, I, I don't want to one-up you there, Christopher, but I've got 11. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That is one-up for sure. Oh, that's great, guys. Thank you so much. So this has been a great conversation. Where can our listeners find more about you and, of course, get your book, Conscious Cock, which if you're watching the video, we're showing it here. But uh, yeah, send our listeners to your favorite places for them to check you out. Uh, just go to ConsciousCock.com. Uh, and then you can find links to the book there because a lot of times I don't show up in search results because they censor me because they call it adult material. You cock um, But if you just go to my <laughs> exactly, totally, literally, Amazon cock, cock blocks me from from their search results. Um, and then you can find Christopher Lovestone on on Facebook and, um, and Instagram it's with a K, Christopher with a K, and we'll yes. have all of the links in the descriptions below. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on the show, Christopher. I'm so glad you guys had me on the show and I'm so glad that you give this show to the world. I mean, sure you're coaching and you're teaching and all this stuff, but doing this show gives somebody, gives people both entertainment and education all at the same time. And that's like the most delightful way to help us relax and lighten up about these topics that can be so trigger prone. So thank you guys both so much for doing your podcast. Oh, you are welcome. It's a pleasure. We, <laughs> we do love it. It's one of our favorite things to do. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>